deadline on Oak Street, mile three. Welcome to the housing market. I'm with Redfin, and I'm here to help. I need to sell my house. Great. Redfin charges a 1% listing fee when you buy and sell with us, which is more than half off the usual fee and saves you an average of $8,400. Oh, wow. Is that all? Uh, yep. I'm kidding. You had me at 1%. Want to win? Sell with Redfin. It's real estate done right. Bidding warrant the offer's counter in five minutes. Average savings is Redfin refund plus 1% listing fee. Subject to minimums. Not available in all areas. Learn more at redfin.com. Three, two, one. Never has there been a better time to be alive in human history. If you're not feeling it, you must discover why. Join Matthew Bolton in developing and applying a framework of objective optimism toward a flourishing life of meaning, health, and happiness. Here's your host, Matthew Bolton. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Mr. Brightside. I'm Matthew Bolton. Life is good, you hear me say. Never has there been a better time to be alive in human history, says voiceover guy in the intro to this show. And I mean it. I know we get inundated with fear-inducing, catastrophic predictions about the future, which never seem to come to fruition, and day-to-day bombardments of turmoil and suffering and all sorts. But that's the nature of profit-seeking news. It's engineered to make it seem relevant and urgent to your life, right now. But is that the reality of it? An objective optimist does not deny or ignore such things, but he puts them in perspective. And I want to offer a bit of a break from the panic and highlight some of the stunningly wonderful events going on in our world, the kind of news that ought to dominate the headlines. This is the world I see, bask in, and look forward to most of the time. Now, I don't want to say every day, because even I lose perspective sometimes. Part of what this show is about is the inspiration and motivation to live our best lives. And that starts with appreciating the good that in actuality by far outshines the negative in the world. We just take it so much for granted, which is part of why we're all not as happy as we might be. But think, if the world were that much on the edge of Armageddon every day, as indicated by daily news headlines, we would not be here. Look around you right now. Probably pretty peaceful, and you likely expect a day much like the other similar days of the week you've lived recently and for the years you've been on this earth. You're likely in your home or car in comfort and security, without want from anything close to actual starvation or true peril. I mean, really slow down and look. It's so far away from any of that that it's embarrassing to admit fear, really. But what makes all this security and abundance possible? It has everything to do with the stories I want to share with you today. Now, the biggest challenge for me here has been to delimit what I present to you. There are boundless stories of progress and innovation, innovation that furthers the years in our lives and the life in our years, so to speak. You could come back at me with countless other amazing stories and prospects, and I hope you do. In fact, I urge you to get right in the comments section or hit me up on the Mr. Brightside Facebook page, that's facebook.com slash matthewbolton.ca, and tell me of all the mind-blowingly, life-enhancing stuff that's happening or coming for us soon. But for those who have been lost in a bit of the flurry of negativity, pessimism, and gloom about our current world and its future, consider today a reminder or a shake-up of sorts. These stories I've selected, without really digging too far at all, are astounding enough to illustrate the kind of progress that is constantly going on and which has driven humankind to where we are today. Today is an enthusiastic shout-out to human ingenuity and its ability to move us forward, making our lives ever more safe, prosperous, abundant, and opportunity-filled. Now, I said I haven't dug too deeply. You can visit some outlets such as humanprogress.org, for instance, to get headline after headline of news that counters all the pessimism you hear about the state of the world, or at least puts it in check, diminishing it through the contrast. However, I didn't have to go further than a single blog for all the stories I'll highlight today. 
They are taken from the blog of a new movement called, calling itself Ingenuism and to which I have subscribed. What is that, you ask? Quote, Ingenuism is a new economic framework which holds that progress derives from ingenuity supported by the core principles of connection, exploration, and environment, says an article introducing it. It goes on to explain what they mean by those terms and adds, when we get connection and exploration in a supportive environment, the result is rapid innovation, value creation, and progress. And just above in that article, it states that we live in a unique time with unprecedented opportunity, but to harness it, we need to understand the forces that drive progress and that have made 21st century innovation so extraordinary. We believe that the basic source of innovation is ingenuity, the process of using creative thinking to solve productive challenges. To benefit from ingenuity, we need to understand the conditions that allow it to function, generate new ideas, and solve challenging problems. Now, all this sounds like a worthy project, and I'm on board all the way. But I'm not here today to promote this movement, but I have to give them proper credit as the source for all the stories I'm going to share with you. And I see already that I'll have to reach out to Don Watkins, one of the founders of it, to see if he won't come on the show to discuss it in detail. But let us get on with our fun today. My goal here is not to go into great detail on all the stories, but more to introduce the general idea of what is happening and what is possible. Now, I'd arrange the show to start with some medical breakthroughs, as somehow they just seem extra incredible, and as health is high on everyone's concern these days, and is pretty much the most fundamental value in our lives anyway, and then to go into just some really fun and ultra-exciting ones that exemplify just how convenient, exhilarating, and rich the experience of our longer and healthier lives can and will be if we don't stifle the ingenuity that has made it and is still making it possible. But because there is just so much to go through in each category, I've decided to break it into two parts, the second which will be published in a couple weeks on the next episode of the podcast. So for today, it's more on the medical side. So, Mr. Brightside's about all things awesome, we'll get a load of some of this stuff. The first selected headline from the blog, and you can find all this at ingenuism.com and then links to all the source stories from their various posts, but the ingenuism headline goes... They promised us three-dimensional chess, instead we got two-dimensional electrolytes. One of the unsung heroes of technological progress is innovative materials. We had the age of steel, then the age of plastics. Now we can look forward to the age of intelligent materials. Intelligent materials, the latest revolution in the field of material science, can adapt their properties depending on changes in their surroundings. They can be used in everything from self-healing mobile phone screens to shape-shifting airplane wings and targeted drug delivery. Delivering drugs to a specific target inside the body using intelligent materials is particularly important for diseases like cancer, as the smart material only releases the drug payload when it detects the presence of a cancer cell, leaving the healthy cells unharmed. The latest discovery? Two-dimensional electrolytes. And in parentheses they say, a two-dimensional material is a material that's one atom thick. They go on, just like traditional electrolytes, these new 2D electrolytes dissociate their atoms in different solvents and become electrically charged. Furthermore, the arrangement of these materials can be controlled by external factors such as pH and temperature, which is ideal for targeted drug delivery. The 2D electrolytes also show promise for other applications that require a material to be responsive to environmental changes such as artificial muscles and energy storage. The blog's comment following the story was only incredible. And I can't say I have much more to add, as my own jaw was on the floor the first time I read it. But I will challenge you to think for a second about what this technology means to the quality of your own life and the lives of those you love. Artificial muscles, 
energy storage, targeted drug delivery, and then ask yourself whether any of the screaming idiots burning stuff down or any of the people you see in the news all the time or any of our supposed leaders would come close to even understanding this stuff. And then ask yourself which people best exemplify humankind. I choose to identify with those who make 2D electrolytes in soul if not in intellectual capacity. The good is out there and that same capacity is within us all. The next headline is, I'm not sleeping, I'm reading. Silicon Valley startup Mojo Vision has created the world's first smart contact lens and it promises to be transformative. The first major use case is to help people with visual impairment. If you think of the eye as a camera for the visually impaired, the sensors are not working properly, explains Dr. Ashley Tuan, Vice President of Medical Devices at Mojo Vision and Fellow of the American Academy of Optometry. For this population, our lens can process the image so the contact can be enhanced. We can make the image larger, magnify it so that low vision people can see it, or we can make it smaller so they can check their environment. Dr. Tuan is one of the few people who has actually worn the Mojo lens. I put the contact lens on my eye. It was very comfortable, like any contact lenses I've worn before, she describes. The vision is super clear, and then when I put on the accessories, suddenly I see Yoda in front of me and I see my vital signs. And then I have my colleague that prepared a beautiful poem that I loved when I was young, and I was reading the poem with my eyes closed. Looking forward, much more is possible, particularly in the field of medicine. Mojo Vision is hoping to improve the ability of medical staff to find patients' veins and to help surgeons with challenging surgeries. And beyond medicine, the possibilities include live translation of sign language for deaf people, helping those with autism to read emotions, and improving doctors' bedside manner by allowing them to fully engage with patients without relying on a computer. Guys, that is some Star Trek sci-fi shit if I ever heard it. Let me tell you something. It is not for human beings to sit and cry, woe is me about the conditions on Earth and the environment or in our own physical limitations or injury. We just make it better and create for ourselves superhuman powers. We make the naturally impossible possible. And on to our next headline. Die, diabetes! Nearly half of diabetics report having initially refused life-saving insulin therapy, often because they fear the needle injections. Now it looks like we're headed for a pill that can deliver insulin. The hormone needs to reach their bloodstream, so any oral insulin system needs to be able to prevent the breakdown of the insulin until it can pass through the stomach and then cross the walls of the intestines. It also needs to be safe for prolonged use, as many people with diabetes will be needing insulin for the rest of their lives. The new oral insulin system appears to meet both of those requirements. Meanwhile, Swedish researchers are making progress on a vaccine to help type 1 diabetics. A team from Linköping University finds injecting the protein GAD, or glutamic acid decarboxylase, there I got that one, into a patient's lymph nodes effectively preserves their ability to produce insulin. In patients with type 1 diabetes, the body's immune system starts attacking the cells which make insulin. Once all of the cells are destroyed, the body is no longer uh, able to regulate its blood sugar levels. Now I say here, given the rising prevalence of diabetes in North America, and already over 10%, and then pre-diabetes prevalence three times higher than that, this is unbelievably heartening news. And now, speaking of vaccines, next headline, the COVID-19 vaccines are amazing and getting better. One of the challenges involved in distributing the mRNA COVID-19 vaccines was that they couldn't be stored in a conventional refrigerator for very long. That's no longer going to be a hurdle. The FDA has now said Pfizer's vaccine can be stored in conventional refrigerators for a month. Moderna already received similar permission. Experts said the Pfizer vaccine will now have better local access with greater flexibility for walk-in appointment and primary care access to vaccine supply. 
Meanwhile, there will be less concern about the vaccines going to waste. And for adolescents and teens, who now comprise more than a quarter of reported daily vaccinations, the simplification in storage requirements brings further opportunities to vaccinate in pediatrician offices and school settings. That's great news. But you know what would be even better? If the 90% effective mRNA vaccines were even more effective, and if they didn't have to be stored in a refrigerator at all. And while we're dreaming, wouldn't it be great if they only required one shot instead of two? Yeah, Big Pharma is making that happen. Some shots will be more effective against certain variants of the SARS-CoV-2 virus that causes COVID-19. Others aim to cover several types of severe respiratory viruses, including the first SARS, which caused outbreaks from 2002 to 2004, or even all viruses in the larger coronavirus family. Companies are testing vaccines that won't need to be kept cold, won't require two shots, will have fewer side effects, can be produced more efficiently, and can be delivered without needles to make them easier to provide in rural areas and the developing world. I think I'll have to go with the author's comment on this one. He says, I find it astonishing that we give giant victory parades for sports teams, but not for the people who are ending a pandemic and saving millions of lives. I think now I'll also have to repeat what I said earlier about human beings and nature. We don't sit and lay victim to nature's threats or our own physical limits or injury. We edit nature to suit us. We correct it to keep us safer, more prosperous, and healthier. And here's another case in point. The next headline is, I was blind, but now I see. A new gene therapy has successfully partially restored a blind man's vision. The 58-year-old man has a genetic disease called retinitis pigmentosa, which causes light-gathering cells in the retina to die. Before the treatment, known as optogenetic therapy, the man could detect some light but couldn't see motion or pick out objects. Now he can see and count objects and even reported being able to see the white stripes of a pedestrian crosswalk, researchers report May 24th in Nature magazine. His vision is still limited and requires him to wear special goggles that send pulses of light to the treated eye. Researchers have been working for more than a decade on optogenetic therapies to restore vision to people with degenerative eye diseases such as retinitis pigmentosa. The therapy involves using a light-sensitive protein to make nerve cells fire off a signal to the brain when hit with a certain wavelength of light. Still a long way to go to cure blindness, but the goal is in sight. Nice pun there by the author. But let's marvel at this again, and let's appreciate in what day and age this is possible. Ours, the one we all live in, and which was unimaginable to all past human beings, even to many of us only decades and sometimes just years ago. I don't know how much I'll need to emphasize this stuff before we appreciate how good we've got it. Well, how about a couple more? The next headline is, And you think it's annoying your doctor's office is 20 minutes away. One of the biggest barriers to providing medical care in the developing world is transportation. It takes time and money to reach remote regions. Zipline is solving that problem with an army of drones capable of delivering supplies by parachute. The Cross River State region will be the first within the southern part of south-south Nigeria to use drones in this way. There will be two distribution centers capable of reaching some 1,000 health facilities serving millions of people. The accuracy of the drops is the equivalent of two parking spaces. Now just think about that for a second. Scores of requests coming into those facilities every day, many involving life-threatening situations. If dispatched by ground, some of these journeys could take many hours, even more in muddy or other unfavorable conditions. A zipline drone, by contrast, can often reach its destination within 30 minutes. In somewhat less exciting news, MANA has created a drone delivery service to airdrop broccoli in Ireland. Relatively less exciting, sure, but it's pretty exciting. Now, one of the main reasons we are so wildly rich today is that issue of connection. 
Trade is win-win, as I always repeat on the show. This means that each time two or more people trade values, barring bad trades, each party involved is better off. Value is added to the world. Now, as the internet allows us to agree on and finalize more trades with more and more people across the world at lightning speed, there is still the issue of moving physical goods to the recipients. The more speed we can add to that part of the equation, the more value that is created. Now, I live in Korea, and the systems various companies have created to move the most insignificant goods back and forth is crazy, and it's one of the main reasons I love living here, the speed of the progress. For example, that broccoli thing doesn't sound too crazy to me. I mentioned to my wife that I might like some avocados. Sometimes I trip over them going out my door only a couple hours later. I'm like, what? But I'm getting used to it. I'd better be careful not to take it too much for granted, like I might start complaining that I have to go to a store to get something I need, or that I can't have fresh fruit, vegetables, or meat until the next day, or something outrageous like that. Well, let's take a look at the final headline. Take one CRISPR and call me in the morning. CRISPR is a breakthrough gene editing technology that has been seen mostly as a way to tackle rare disorders, but now it seems like it's on the verge of doing much more. In the next decade, CRISPR-Cas9 and other new gene editing techniques may protect the health not only of people with familial hypercholesterolemia, but millions of people with a range of conditions, including chronic pain and diabetes. Rather than take drugs for years or even decades, for example, at-risk people might be able to protect themselves with a one-and-done CRISPR therapy. The Wall Street Journal gives this example of a participant in a CRISPR trial. Before participating in a CRISPR trial, Victoria Gray, 35, a sickle cell patient from Forest, Mississippi, suffered severe pain that put her in the hospital more than six times a year. My life was full of pain, she says. Now, more than 18 months later, she hasn't suffered a pain crisis or needed a blood transfusion. I call myself cured, she says. The article goes on to warn that these trials are still in their early stages and that it will take years to identify the long-term benefits and side effects. But on the whole, the future of medicine looks bright as researchers continue to discover new applications for these revolutionary technologies. You know, guys, when I'm suffering from some mild food poisoning, perhaps shellfish, uh, or some other self-inflicted nausea or severe headache, my wife thinks I'm the biggest baby. But whatever I am, I am definitely incapacitated, and the world cannot go on until I recover. And I, I say to her, I lean up and say, "Hun, remember, health is the most important thing, before I fall back on my pillow trying unsuccessfully to find comfort. Sometimes it's gotten so bad for me that I insist on going into the hospital to get some drugs better than what I have and an IV because I just can't stand the pain. And I've had hypothetical discussions with my wife about if that really were my life and there was no relief possible, would I choose to kill myself or would I find some heroic way to live through it and be able to find some kind of work I could do to support our life, etc. But what kind of life would I be supporting? And I always conclude seriously that I might be able to afford the doctor some period to work on it, but then if I really believed there was no good prospect of relief, I would ask to be put out of my misery. And I'm not kidding. And now this woman in the story says she lived a life full of pain and says that she considers herself cured. However we want to take that, that's her experience of her own life. Nothing is more important than this. Thank goodness there are people who are working to bring comfort to those in pain with what some might call miracles. But let's understand that all of these miracles are only for people in rich countries. Meanwhile, the poorest in the world are left to suffer. There are many reasons why the poorest in the world are stuck in poverty or are slower to rise from, its, uh, from it than is necessary, but I think the chief or underlying reason is bad environments, by which I mean a lack of freedom. But let us not go down that road uh, of the whys for the moment and keep our focus solely on the positive news today. 
Now, before I give my final optimistic word, I'll ask you to please ask questions, make comments, and share some other marvelous breakthroughs in the field of health and medicine. What else is happening that you know of and would like to tell us? You can enlighten and encourage us all in the comments section or on the Mr. Brightside Facebook page. That's facebook.com slash matthewbolton.ca. As well, I'll ask you to please spread this Brightside news with anyone you know who could use it or would otherwise find value in the perspective given on the show. Thank you all for that. And now, allow me to leave us today to contemplate how much we owe to heroes like the scientists and companies who pursue such life-saving and life-enhancing work, and to the business people who devise systems, who organize people and resources to bring the benefits of such breakthroughs as are discovered to practical effect on our lives and on the lives of those we love. We literally owe our lives to them. Stay tuned for part two in a couple weeks where we'll look at and assess some of the uber-impressive and super-thrilling innovations that are coming to make our already longer, healthier, and safer lives now easier, faster, more convenient, and way more fun. I don't know how good it can get, but I already can hardly believe it could ever be so good. In the meantime, let us all appreciate and use the tools we have available to us to be safe and healthy. I'll see you guys next time. Mr. Brightside, your time out to refresh refuel and refocus your mind and energy toward building an optimistic framework for flourishing life is good it's up to you to choose the bright side 